0: Today we're going to talk about prayer, and we have, a, um, we have a weird relationship with prayer. A lot of us don't do it, and I want to talk about it give you a couple examples and just kind of encourage you to start doing it, and I want to pull an example from Daniel chapter 9, verses 3 to 19, and I'm going to read through it. I'm going to emphasize a few things, and then I'm going to go into some more detail for you, but it goes like this, uh, verse 3, <clears throat> chapter 9. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting, in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. Now, let me just stop there for two seconds. Right out of the gate, Daniel goes, this is how great you are, God. Right out of the gate. And I think sometimes what we do, and we'll get into this, but I think sometimes what we do is we go, you know, God, I'm really having a bad day, God. I'm really having a bad day. And we don't, we don't praise Him. We don't give Him anything. So let me Let me continue. He says, Uh, We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and law. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and our ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you, here we go again, are righteous. But this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings and princes and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses, sworn, <clears throat> the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the spoken word against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem." Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord our God, who has brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, who made for yourself a name and endures to this day, we have sinned and done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and our iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear our prayers and petitions for your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on our desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous. Remember that. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive Lord, hear and act for your sake, my God. Do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. Now, that's kind of heavy. There's a lot of heavy stuff in there. But it's honest. But what I love about this example of prayer is that Daniel brings praise to God, even in the time. He's praying for his people. But even in his time of trouble, He's saying, God, you are amazing. You are unbelievable. But look at what we're going through. Because we did it, because we chose. And here's some real good self-reflection. How many of us in times of trouble that we prob- could have caused, I'm not saying we always cause our situation, but how many times have we actually said to God, hey, you are still amazing, and because of my actions, this is where I am. How many like to admit that? They don't teach that in school, do they? You're the problem. They don't teach that. I don't want to get too carried away on that because then Michelle will be looking at me, making me not say things. But I'm just saying, just saying, sometimes we've got to look at ourselves. Sometimes we need to look at the mirror, in the mirror and recognize who's the problem. Now, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm not. I'm just saying let's not forget that we have an impact on the way our lives go. We make decisions. And as I said to young adults, to my kids, to everyone, what you were doing five years ago is where you plan to be right now is where you are because of those plans. Bad ones or good ones. Realizing it or not realizing it, you are where you are today because of your plans. Now. There are circumstances. Let's not get carried away here. There are circumstances that impact us. There are. But a lot of the times in North America, we blame our circumstances when it's actually us. And so we need to be very careful. So when we're praying to God, we need to be, God, you're amazing and I've done something wrong here. God can't make you do something you don't want to do. All right, you have to choose. We all have to choose. Throughout scripture, there are models of prayer. And the Bible doesn't give us a specific way to pray. Yes, Jesus gives us an example of how you should pray. But there's no fixed order because prayer is to be understood as a personal relationship and a conversation between one person and God. But there are some principles and there are some guidelines we can follow that we can draw from in various biblical scriptures to help guide us as we go. And I think sometimes we forget. Now, I like to be, I like to pray with God regularly. Now that doesn't mean I have to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, sit down and pray, but I like to be continuously talking with God. I like to continuously be in communication with him because then it keeps me in line. Otherwise I will, ask Michelle, I will be out of line. I will stray. So I talk with him and he keeps me on the right path along with my lovely bride of 30 years. The most important factor about prayer is that the order and the content of prayer is, should be guided by a desire within our heart to want a deeper relationship with God. And it's to align our hearts with Him and His will and what He wants for us. And in Daniel chapter 9, the scripture we read today, it's a model that Daniel gives of confessional prayer. When we confess to Him, And it teaches us the importance of that, of confession, of prayer, and of a covenant which is between us and God, of an agreement between us and God. In our scripture, Daniel confesses his sins and the sins of his people. He's praying for them. He's saying, forgive them. Jesus did on the cross, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Daniel's going, we've messed up. We've royally messed up. And Daniel recognizes the the disobedience, and he recognizes the separation from God. But he also trusts, as we read in that scripture, he also trusts in the faithfulness of God to forgive, which is amazing. And he also recognizes the fact that God's going to restore us. And so as believers, as Christians, as people who walk around professing that they're Christians, Daniel gives us a great example of confessing our sins, trusting in God, and and, and recognizing in that relationship with him. So there's three things I want you to remember today. I want you to understand if, if we want to pray as Daniel did in this particular model. One is adoration and confession. We usually jump to confession. We usually jump right in there and tell God all of our our problems, all of our wrongdoings, or all of the things that we want or need or are struggling with. We go right there. But I have to say it's important that we first go to God with humility and that we express how great he is to us. You might not be feeling it, but it's important that we do it. It's a discipline because God has proven himself all throughout your life. No matter what you've been through, he's been there. And unfortunately, some of us have rough goes, and I get it, and I get it, but he's always there waiting for you. He's always there with you. You're here. You're here because of him, and it's important to recognize that. And so we need to give him that thanks. We need to see how great he is of what he's done. None of this could have happened, and I don't want to get into a debate on theories of creation and all that, but he, he is... The world is too amazing that someone didn't create it, that somebody didn't care, that somebody didn't have a hand in it. These things don't happen by chance. And so confession, once we've given God his praise, confession, it it has a few elements, some components. One is that we are to approach him with humility. We're to approach God. That's why we're saying you're so great. I'm not great, you are. And when we give that to him, we're taking ourselves off the throne of life and we're putting him on it and saying, you're better than me. You're greater than me. It's it's humble to know that there's something bigger and better, smarter than us. We need to be specific. We need to take that time when we're confessing to be specific in ways that we have wronged God. And confessing that to him and being as specific as possible as we can to him. We need to ask for that forgiveness. That's more about being humble and allowing God to forgive us. Remember that God is merciful. He's gracious. And he's always ready to forgive when we bring it to him. So ask for forgiveness and repent. This is where we get confused with repentance. We think, well, we'll just—I ask forgiveness and then we go and do it again, and, and, and it just—it's a cycle. But it's more than just saying you're sorry. How many times has someone said sorry to you but done the same thing again, and again, and again? Yet you forgive and you let it go, but haven't really. Repented of that wrongdoing. It involves a genuine redirect and turn away from whatever it is they've done. And so whatever we've done where we need forgiveness from God, we need to turn away from that and go the other way. Repentance means making a commitment, a decision, a decision to change, which means you're active in it. You do something about it. You don't just go, God, forgive me for that. Cool, we're good. All right, all right, let's go. And then we move on. No, we make plans to not do it again. Doesn't mean we necessarily will not make a mistake, but we make plans. It's active. The other thing is we need to recognize that we need to receive his forgiveness. How many are really good at forgiving themselves? You don't have to put your hands up. Most people beat themselves up beat themselves up on their mistakes, just in general. Forget sins. Forget wrongdoings to God. We beat ourselves up over everything. Oh, I didn't do that right. Oh, I wasn't that good. Oh, I did this wrong. Oh, I were And then what happens? You lose sleep. And what happens when you lose sleep? Your health goes down. What happens when your health goes down? Your activity levels go down. What happens when all that? You can't serve as well. It's an ugly cycle, and it impacts you in many, many ways. So receive his forgiveness and then in the end we need to thank God that's confession All those things we need to do. It's active. It's not just words It's not just lip service. It's doing something. It's it's an action that we do and in verse 4 Daniel starts with that adoration and that praise to God and he acknowledges God's greatness and his sovereignty and then he confesses he confesses acknowledging the disobedience And rebellion. So how can we apply this in our lives? Well, we can follow an order where we just get naturally used to it. If we haven't been doing this, this is something we can do. Start by praising God. Start by thanking Him for how great He is. And then confess what you've done. Give it to Him. Lay it at His feet. He can handle it. And through that confession, we can Receive his forgiveness. We can receive his cleansing and we can grow in our relationship with him. There's no longer this barrier that we're trying to hide something that he already knows about. So an important part of prayer, no matter how you do it, is to begin acknowledging and praising God for who he is and what he's done and confessing our sins. Secondly is regular prayer. I don't know what it looks like for you, but you've got to find something that works. You have to. And you say, this sounds very basic. Well, you know what? Then why aren't we doing it? We need to be doing it regularly. How do we have a relationship with somebody if we're not talking? Regular prayer life is important, and it can take uh, various forms. It can be verbal, mental, uh, private, communal, structured, or spontaneous. It can be all those things, but if if we're not doing it, then it's nothing. Daniel prays for God's mercy. He prays for restoration based on the covenant that he's made. Uh, and the promises he made in Deuteronomy. And I'm gonna get to the covenant, the new covenant in a minute. He acknowledges that they've sinned. He acknowledges that they haven't kept the commandments, but he also trusts that because of God's faithfulness and his promises, that God will restore his people. He will restore you. And so through prayer, we can enter into this covenant relationship with God. Where we trust in his promises and believe in his face to forgive, restore, and guide. A lot of people say that, well, you know, Christians believe in this God that doesn't exist. They're just throwing it out there, weak minded. Do you know how hard it is to be a Christian? It's difficult. Do you know how hard it is to do this stuff? People say, oh, just get saved and everything will work out. Nah, no, it doesn't work that way. You gotta dig in. If it's worth anything, you gotta dig in. And that's what prayer is. So how do we do this? How do we. Get it? Well, through prayer, we've got this opportunity to communicate with God and enter into that relationship, that covenant that I'm talking about between, with Him. And it's built on trust. We pray, we acknowledge that God is the source of all things, that He is the one who created us, He sustains us, and He's the one who has is, who is power to forgive our sins and guide us on the path that He wants us to be on. We need to express our love and our gratitude for his mercy and declare our trust in him. And as we confess those sins, those shortcomings that we have to God in prayer, we also express our desire to turn away, to go in another direction so that we can live a life that pleases him. And you know what? People will have many, many ideas on how you can please him. We'll go to scripture. Scripture's where it's at. Doesn't matter what the Christians think. It matters what God thinks. And then we'll move to group settings where people can have input in your life. But many Christians project their insecurities, their issues, their theologies onto you. Worry about Jesus. Worry about what he's asking from you. And then worry about the rest of it. So it's a powerful relationship. It's a powerful tool that we can have for our relationship that deepens that relationship with God. When we pray, when we pray, give him adoration, we confess, and then we pray and experience his love. And then when we are in a place where we've been praying and we've been laying our stuff down at his feet, we will get to a place where that is extended to others. It will naturally just happen because of God's greatness and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness for you, you will extend that to others because he's extended it to you. He's extended it to you. The third thing we we, we need to understand is that covenant, God's covenant or his agreement with his people. And a lot of times these, these uh, words we're like, oh, a covenant, it sounds all official and theological. Well, it can be, but it's basically an agreement that God has made with us. He's made, he's made the move, and he's made it with us. And this is where we approach him as a member of his community. We are part of the family of God. That's why you hear it all throughout the New Testament. We are part of that family. You've been adopted into the family because of Jesus Christ. And it's recognizing our identity, and a relationship with him as his chosen people. Because we follow him. There's examples in, in throughout scripture. Genesis uh, chapter 15, 1 to 21. Uh, with Abraham, there's uh, Exodus with Moses and the Israelites. And then there's the new covenant prophesied in Jeremiah 31. And, and it's the day will come when I make a new covenant. And that's in Jeremiah. And Daniel does this. He prays. Uh, For forgiveness and restoration, not because of the righteousness, but because of God's character and his faithfulness. And we can trust in God. In his forgiveness, in his restoration, when we've sinned, when we fall short. Because of this covenant. So what is this covenant that we talk about? What is this new covenant that we're speaking of? Well, it's the relationship between God and followers of Christ. Because, G- because of Jesus, there's that relationship of grace, of faith, of love, and promise. And it's, it is a relationship that calls believers to live in obedience to God in this new covenant. And it calls us to love one another and to trust the promises of God. Many people get confused with what it means because we, we look at the Old Testament and we hear the word covenant and we're like, oh, that's an Old Testament thing. That's what, that's what they used to do back in the day. Well, let me remind you that there are promises of God in the New Testament and there's a covenant because of Christ and that's forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ, eternal life because of Jesus Christ. These are all in Ephesians, Colossians, John, Romans, adoption into the, son, into the family of sons and daughters. Because of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 to 7. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. The promise of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit who who is given to us to empower us. It's a gift who guides and empowers us in our walk. John 14 16 to 17 and Acts 1 8. We need to recognize that there's peace and joy because believers have the promise of peace and joy. We don't just talk about at Christmas because that we have peace and joy because it's fun to say at Christmas, it's because Jesus gave us peace and joy because of this new covenant. We have victory over sin and death because of Jesus Christ, because of his death on the cross and his resurrection. First Corinthians 15, 54 to 57, Romans eight. I mean, you're getting the point here. You're getting it right? We know that God can provide for us. His provision, that's a promise. And then we also have the promise that he will come again. He will come again. But it starts when we recognize where we're at and we confess. We can trust in God because he's given it in his word. He's promised it to us. And when we are praying to God, when we are confessing to him, we wanna recognize that he has done great things in the past and will continue to do great things in our lives, in our personal lives. He's done it in history and he's done it in individuals. He's gonna do it with us because you're now in that covenant, that agreement, that family because of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if we're not taking the time and the effort to worship him, to pray to him, to acknowledge what he's done, and then to extend that out to others. And we're missing the boat. We're missing it. Scripture's very clear, and I beat this drum all the time. Love God with all your heart. And your neighbor is yourself. With all your heart, meaning effort. When you love something with all your heart, you love a good Starbucks with all your heart. What else do you love? Put that in front of him. Make the time, make the effort. In, this, in, in Daniel's prayer, we see the importance of all this. We see the importance of confession. We see the importance of prayer and the covenant. And through confession, we can receive forgiveness. Through prayer, we can enter into that covenant with him. And through that covenant, we can experience his forgiveness and restoration. But here are some important points. The confession that we give, this model that we're seeing, emphasizes the importance of humility. It emphasizes the importance of us coming down and laying it down, and laying all of our junk on the ground, and being, God, this is it, this is what I am. Opening up, doors are open, there's no hidden anything. It, it emphasizes the importance of repentance to God. And then when we are repentant to God, We will ask forgiveness from others. So we will be repentant, which means we change, we do something different. And it also emphasizes seeking forgiveness as a means to restore our relationship with Him. But it encourages each believer to take responsibility for their actions. How many of us take responsibility for our actions? It encourages us to do that. It encourages us to seek reconciliation with those we've harmed. I'm very sorry. I, I'm not gonna do that. And it helps us to strive for a greater obedience for what God has asked us to do. So it gives us a few things. It, it, we take responsibility. When we truly take responsibility for our actions, we will change. But when we just brush it off, we don't. When we seek reconciliation. When we actively seek it, we will change. And when we strive for greater obedience, we will change. We cannot be the same. We will not be the same. Five years ago, you you should be different today than you were five years ago, because you're constantly working on your relationship with him. And in no way is this meant to beat up on Christians. What it's meant to do is bring you to the recognition that prayer is important, that reconciliation is important, that our relationship with God is important, that forgiveness of sins is important, and that praising Him is important. Otherwise, we're just coming to church, we're, we're a fun club, we're like Costco. You pay for your membership, you come in, you get a few treats, you go downstairs, have a little lunch. You know, maybe ate too much. Oh, you know, the samples were amazing today at the youth fundraiser. And, and we're stuck. It's just a club. We don't want to be a club. We want to be people that are changing every day and then go out and change other people every day. I mean, I hope that's what we want to do. If we follow this example, we can experience the fullness of God. We can experience his forgiveness. We can experience his restoration and guidance. Put your own personal stuff aside just for one day. Just do it. See what happens. Make that. Say, you know what? Today it's not about me. It's all about everybody else. It's not about me. See what happens. Serve people no matter what. No matter what. I mean, obviously, you know, illegal activity is probably not a great idea, but... Whatever they need. Because there are times when I don't want to serve. I know it's a shock. I don't want to. There are times. It's like, do I really have to pick up those chairs and that garbage? And do I really have to go up after this person? Do I really have to do these things on a regular basis? But we do it. We do it. And we should do it. Through prayer, we're going to deepen our relationship, and I hope that you were inspired by Daniel and how he gives praise to God and adoration, how great he is, and then says, hey, we've, we've messed up, and we need to not do this anymore, and you are amazing. We are not that good right now. We need to be better in your life. Is there space for you to be better? Um, don't, don't put your hands up. Wives are nudging their husbands. space. There's space. There's space to be better. We can all be better, we can all work on this. So what I recommend, what I ask is today, when you leave here, wherever you go, I recommend that you pick these three things. Praise God and give him adoration. Confess, thank him for everything. Take responsibility for your actions. I lost count, I'm on like five or six, but the point is you know what I'm saying. Pray, love him, serve. We're gonna go to communion now, and we're gonna do this where we're gonna stand up. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come. So if you would please stand with me, and I'm gonna get you to come down and uh, take the emblems, take them back to your seat as they play, and then we'll discuss the communion. We'll do some little bit of worship music while this happens. Um, But I really want you to experience the fullness of God in your life. In a world that's gone kind of crazy right now, in a world that's, that's losing it, there are things we need to get back to. And simple prayer. This is, this is, we're, moving, we're in the Lent season. We're moving into Good Friday and Easter where we are remembering what Christ has done. Even though we do this on a regular basis, even though we do this every Sunday, we talk about Jesus and the great thing he's done. This is a time for us to celebrate what he's done for us. And so this is for you right now. This is between you and God, to thank him for everything he's done, to ask for forgiveness. Let him bring things to your mind that you need forgiveness for. That's what we need to do today. That's what we need to focus on our relationship with him because how can you help anyone else if you can't even figure out what's going on in your own life? When spiritually, you can always help somebody physically. But spiritually, how are you going to be able to pour into anybody's life If your spiritual life is a mess, let's get back to it. Because moving forward, God's gonna challenge you. Life is gonna challenge you. The world is gonna challenge you. Your relationships, your work, everywhere you go is gonna challenge you, and I'm here to tell you that the world doesn't always have your best interests in mind, but I know someone who does, and that's God. And if we're willing to take that step, then he's going to do some amazing things in our lives as we move forward.